great. Well, hey, let's get started. Uh, we are finishing our series for this month of August in which we've entitled it Wrecked. And we're looking at ways to how to avoid messing up your life, about how to miss, uh, get away from some of the, the, the stuff that has misguided and challenged our life. We've talked about the idea of our apathy at times versus our passions, or maybe we talked last week about marriage and relationships, and today I want to continue that thought with us a little more. But let me start with just kind of this understanding for us today. Have you ever noticed that no one ever wakes up one day and says, man, my life is going so great. I'm just bored with that. I'm sick and tired of being blessed by God, sick and tired of having a great marriage. I'm, I'm tired of, of being a great parent or having this ministry that is reaching out and touching people's lives, making a difference. So today I think I'll just try to figure out a way how to mess that up, right? I, I just How can I mess my life up? I mean, things are going so great, so amazing. What can I do to jack my life up, right? Maybe you'll say, you know, me, I'll, I'll, I'll go and get like stone drunk and, and I'll go into work and it'll cost me my job. Or maybe I'll try weed for the first time and maybe I'll get busted and Pastor Jim will have to come to jail and come and visit me. Or maybe I'll start gambling. I mean, it looks like kind of fun and hopefully I'll lose all my savings, uh, mortgage the house, let it ride and see what happens. Man, that sounds like a, a great plan. Well, nobody ever sets out to do that. And yet, people end up there all the time, wrecked. Their family, their life, their job, their hopes, their ambitions. And it's true, nobody wakes up in the morning and just instantly moves into those kind of things. But yet, we find out all the time, every day, these kind of things are wrecking homes, wrecking marriages, wrecking lives and careers. I can't say it's really funny, but I have to laugh sometimes when I get out with the guys from EPD and we're out on a lot of the ride-alongs that I do, and sometimes we get into traffic stop situations, and after we follow a car who is weaving all over the road and finally pull them over, we go up to the car and we ask the individual, so have you been drinking tonight? And guess what their response is? No, no. And, and we press it a little bit more. You haven't had anything to drink. And, and what's, what's their answer? Well, I, I had one. I had one beer. Like, well, we've been following you for a half a mile, and you've been all over the highway, right? Or maybe we talk about, are there any drugs in the car? Have you done drugs tonight? No, no. The answer is always no, right? Or they ask him about, let me see your license or your registration. Do you know that, that there's a warrant out for your arrest? And guess what the answer is? Oh, I, I paid that. It's all done. It's like every answer. I just kind of sit in the back. It's like, wow. Like nobody ever does anything wrong, right? We've convinced ourselves that, that this is maybe the first time, the only time. And I wonder, what is the lesson in there for us? Here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He said, I have the right to do anything. He's talking about people, right? This is, this is what I hear all the time. I, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. And then Paul kind of first person says, well, I have also the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. Everybody say that word, master. 
Paul says it's true. There are a lot of things in, that the world affords me that, that I can move into, but I have to understand where that line is of control and what is mastering me. He uses the word in the Greek, exosiezo, that word being mastered, which again, which we would understand as being controlled by or enslaved by. Paul said there are a lot of things that are beneficial, a lot of things that we have access into the world, but we've got to be careful that there is going to be a line that can and often is crossed that leads us into having situations into our life where we find our life being wrecked. You see, the reality is when someone is addicted or mastered or in bondage, here's kind of the crazy thing. They can intellectually know I shouldn't be doing this. But because they are under the power of something else or being mastered by something else, it continues to control and dominate them. I mean, we're smart enough that oftentimes we see the line and, and we'll often go into it saying, I'm, I'm not going to get close to the line. I'm, I'm I know I'm getting closer, but the line, it's still, I got still heavier. I'm not going to get closer. And we continue to, until we recognize too late so many times that we've crossed the line. What Paul is talking about, that we are being mastered, it's very interesting dialogue that he has with the Corinthian church. And it's this process that the enemy is so good, that, that messes with our mind and messes with our heart and, and a lot of our humanity that unfortunately causes us so slowly without us ever, and, and really the idea of, of justifying these actions uh, that we never wake up until unfortunately it's far too late. Someone may have a problem with overeating and intellectually they're saying, I know this isn't good. This is junk food I'm eating. It's not good for my body. I shouldn't be doing that while they are shoveling the next amount of food into their mouth, right? Why? Because somewhere along the line, they are under the power of something. Or what about people who overspend? You're at the mall. You've bought way too much, and you're at the checkout line. And intellectually, there's this war. There's this battle that's going on that's saying, I don't have enough money for all of this stuff. Like, if it was still in the day that you were writing checks, you would know that, listen, this check is going to be made out of rubber. It's going to bounce its way all through Macy's and then down to Penny's, right? It's going to go all over this place. Some of you that use your card, you, you know intellectually, I'm going to get charged an overdraft fee on there because there's not enough money in my account to pay this. But there you are. You know it's happening all the time. I shouldn't be doing this, but yet people do it all the time. Why? Because we're under the power of something. Maybe somebody's a workaholic, and intellectually you're saying, I need to get home. My family needs me. I've been gone a lot. I shouldn't be doing this. And the whole time, that is playing on in your mind. You continue to stay at work. You are being mastered. We are slaves to something else. We are under the power of something else. 
So I want to challenge you with that before we close today. And I hope that maybe that together, collectively, we can respond. Because there is probably some challenge in every one of our hearts today where there is a battle of us being mastered by something. That there is a challenge for you. And maybe that's my question to a lot of us right now. What is mastering you? What is something that it's bigger than you? That's something that you think, you know, Pastor, I, I could quit at any time. But the chances are you're not going to quit. You're still kind of playing with it. You're still thinking like it's going to be okay. And you, you think there's still a lot of distance between the line and where you are. And I'm here to tell you today that the enemy is a liar and he is a deceiver. And it's going to be moment by moment This power is going to have a better grip on your soul, on your heart, on your mind, and it is leading you to wreck and ruin your life. And I want to ask that this morning. What is it in your life that is mastering you, that you are struggling with? Because today is an opportunity, and for you and I to put that behind us once and for all, to come out of the bondage and the struggle that the enemy wants to keep us in. And today can be a day of great victory for your soul and for your life. Somebody say yes, yes. So I want to challenge you this morning. What is it today? Maybe I can give you a moment, maybe in the silence of this room that we ask ourselves deep inside. Because intellectually, you're not struggling really to find out what it is. You know right away because you've been battling with it the only question today is will you allow the power of god to release you and set you free from that today will you trust him that there is the power of the living god who is more than able that is more than enough to break the chains that have bound you to stop the avoidance of wrecking your life and bringing beauty and bringing hope and power and deliverance that he's been wanting to do in your life You see, you may struggle today in really releasing that or coming out, but can I tell you what I hear from people all the time? I'm addicted to porn. I'm consumed by it. I hate it, but I just can't stop. Those are the conversations that I have with people, people at times from real life, right here throughout the week. Pastor Jim, it was after my surgery. I don't really have a struggle with with meds or, or drugs, but but they gave me this pain medication and now I just can't seem to function without it. It has a grip on me. I know I shouldn't, but but it has some power in my life. People tell me, the pastor did, it was just weed, it was just pot, but I didn't think it would would move on to some of the heavier stuff And, and now I find myself addicted. There are some people that can't stop checking your email, your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter. If you can't go 10 minutes without checking in, you, you start getting panicky. You, you're, you're in this need of approval. I put stuff out there, and I just watch the like count, hoping, do people notice me is, is what I'm putting out there, and I'm, I'm living in this anxiety and this angst of my life. Some of you, you started just, it was just fun to put a few bets down just to throw a little money, but now it's out of control. My finances are upside down, and I don't know what to do. Listen, don't tell me today that there aren't challenges in the church within our life. There is an enemy who is not playing games that's looking for any hook, for any opportunity to wreck your life. 
You see, and we allow it to go on day after day, week after week. And the challenge is that will we stand up today and say enough is enough and let the power of God release the church, release his people, and allow us to know what freedom in him is all about. I know some of you, I took it easy. I didn't say anything about caffeine or chocolate, all right? So you got off the hook a little bit. Here's what I want to identify with you this morning. You see, believe it or not, I think the root problem in so many of these cases is an issue of idolatry. We don't really talk about that very much, and I think probably our first, you know, kind of look as we think about, you know, just some stone, you know, image or, or some crafty thing or whatever, we think of these idols. But, but let's just kind of unpack it and, and understand it a little bit more. You see, idolatry is we are allowing something besides God to control us. Whatever it is, right? All of these things that I mentioned, things that are in this room, things that for people that you know, we have a false God that we need to function with. And without it, we just don't feel alive. We don't feel like, like, like we can sustain on our own. And so we have reached for this crutch, this false God to somehow fill some void or some need in our life. And, and tragically, the way the enemy works is it, it's not usually one big leap or one big jump. It's just a little decision after a little decision after a little. We're all the time, intellectually, we are convinced that we're still Okay. There's an amazing story in Isaiah chapter 44. You get a chance maybe to look at it a little further or kind of go through it with you this morning. But if you want to kind of read it more in depth. And many times in Scripture, the, the, the prophets of old, oftentimes, God, God used them not only in their prophetic voice, but, but oftentimes almost by way of illustration as well. Sometimes they even acted out so that they could represent to Israel, this is what God is seeing you in. This is, this is what your actions are revealing you to God. And so, and so in this way, God gives Isaiah this prophetic voice and, and this illustration that I think is so powerful for you and I even today. And the story goes like this, that there is a carpenter who cuts down some trees and and seeing all the wood that he has just cut down. And we realize it's just a neutral object, right? It's just wood. There, there's nothing magical. There's nothing special about it. Just a pile of wood. And so he decides with the gifts that he has been given to do a lot of good things with it. And so the story goes on that he made a fire. That he cooked something to eat and for his family that... He used it to warm the house at night, this neutral object that he was able to utilize to do a lot of really good things. But then while that same wood was laying there, he suddenly has this idea that I have these gifts and skills. I think what I will do is that I will carve an image, an idol out of the wood that is remaining and it will become my God. And I will bow down to it, and I will worship, again, this neutral object. Some of these things that have been doing very well for me, I will now turn it and reverse it and do a lot of things. And I want to tell you today, that's a lot of what you and I do today as well. 
You think, Pastor Jim, that, that story's kind of crazy. Like, like, I don't understand why that guy would do that. And yet, it's very true that you and I are very much like that as well. There are a lot of neutral objects, right? Food is neutral, but to some, food has become a god. Listen, it's, it's good. There's the, I'm not saying there's, there's anything wrong. I'm just saying that, that for some, you cross the limit. There are things that it's literally killing you, and yet we don't stop. I, I know that personally. Well, Pastor Jim, I, it, just, it just comes with age. Like, like you know, I, I, I know I, I'm a little bigger. I'm, and we, you know, I'm big boned. Hello? Right? My, well, my family, well, all my family has struggled with this. No, you have a God issue. You have a God problem. It's controlling you. Entertainment. It's not all bad. Go to some nice shows. Go have a good time. But we recognize it slowly sucks us in. And some of the things that we wouldn't have watched 10 years ago, today we laugh at. Today we share. We tell people, oh, you should watch this. They're ungodly. It's not what, what we should be putting into our soul or our spirit, but slowly Hollywood culture has allowed us to accept these things, and, and now it's okay. Things that would have played 10 years ago, you would have got up and left. You would have got out of the theater, but not anymore. Slowly, slowly we've bowed to these kind of gods. I'm not saying that medication is bad. It's there. We need it. But unfortunately, to a lot of people, it's become a god. I can't function without it. You see, there are these neutral items, these neutral objects. Just like the story, the carpenter said, man, I'm going to do a lot of good with these things. But he recognized that there was a line that he couldn't identify, and it became a god. He crossed that line. So something neutral all of a sudden takes place. He does good, but then... He makes an idol and bows down and prays to it and says, now you are going to be my God. How crazy, and yet so many of us act in the same way today. Verses 18 and 19 become even more revealing. Isaiah prophesies this. He said, their eyes are plastered over so they cannot see, and their minds are closed so they can no longer understand. See, what does that mean? You see, the closer that you get to the line or that you cross the line, what happens in our thinking? You see, our minds become closed to the problem or the situation. We think that we are in control, and yet we are being hindered to realize that we are enslaved. You see, the responses that I get when I have those conversations with people is that they tell me, you are telling me I have the problem. I don't have a problem. I'm in control. I could quit whenever I want. What are you talking about? Their minds are closed. They no longer understand. He goes on in verse 19 to say, no one stops to think in the moment. Here's all this wood that the carpenter's talking about. I'll use half of it for fuel and then I'll make something detestable out of the rest of it. Nobody thinks that way at the beginning. We think, what harm will this do? A little bit of sin. <laughs> Come on, pastor. Everybody's doing it. Stop being a prude. 
What's wrong with this? Stop, stop you know, you're, you're, you're just like old school. Like, come into the 21st century. You see, Isaiah prophesied this. No one thinks in the moment, listen, I'm going to do a lot of good, and then I'm just going to do a lot of bad. No, it's this slow process that we just start intellectually taking more and more with this lie that we are in control, that we are mastering it, where all of the while it is mastering us. In most of our addictions, here's what's going on. We are seeking to find what only God can provide in something besides God himself. You see, there are a lot of people saying, I just need peace. I just, listen, that wine, those meds, that, that, that weed, what, I'm just, I just need, like the kids have been driving me crazy, like I just need a, a tie, I just need peace, that's all I'm after. When you fail to realize that the God of heaven revealed himself to you and I as the prince of peace. You see, we're using all of these things to be fillers to somehow to satisfy this nagging issue in our life when all the time God has said, I have come to provide that for you. You don't need an idol. You don't need the garbage of this world. You need me. You need a passion to seek and to know me more. And my promise is that I will give you peace. There's so many that are seeking approval on social media and trying to get it out there. These so-called influencers and, and people that are trying to represent something that we know that they are not. That this, this rubberized person just filled with makeup and lighting and all kinds of, of, of filters to, to show off about who I am or what I am. And we know that inside, desperately, they are hollow and shallow and empty. And they're looking for approval. Somebody, please accept me. When we realize all the time that the Bible says to us that we were created out of the palms of his very hands, that we are his child, that I am his and he is mine. Love that song that Mav City has, has sung for the last number of years. I can never be more loved than I am right now. You see, there is not some approval that we have to get to until God then comes and says, okay, I accept you. Listen, in our worst, in our most horrible state, we recognize that in God's great mercy and his love, he has proved himself to us, that he loves us, he cares for us, that he is ours, and we are his. I can't seek approval from man, this world, from the likes that I get on social media. I need to know that his, my beloved, is in him, and he is my beloved. I don't feel alive, Pastor, unless I feel that buzz, whether online or the casino or, or at the mall, that, that, that it makes me feel alive. It feels like, like this power, when I, whether with my money or with purchasing or buying and, and whether it's two in the morning and I'm glued to, whether to JTV or I'm on Amazon, just kind of my mind is flying all the time. It makes me alive when I've failed to realize that in him is the life of man, that he is the life that brings more to me, that I have life to the full. You see, don't think there aren't addicts in the church. Don't think that there aren't addicts at real life. Oh, I take the wood and I'm doing a lot of good things, but on the other hand, I'm going to make a God out of these. God's not enough. 
he's not enough. And so I'm going to use these things to somehow fill the need, this emptiness that I don't understand in my life. Can I tell you today is a day to understand that God must be your all and everything today. God can be your all and everything. God can do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever ask, hope, or imagine. Today is the day to leave these addictions behind you, to get your heart and your mind focused on him and live for him and him alone. So for those of you who have been with me the last couple of weeks, you'll get the, the understanding of the teaching that I wanna share with you this morning. And for those of you that might be visiting with us today or online, it might kind of shock you just at first. Because I've talked from the, from the early weeks of this series that sometimes pastoring today is, is much different than what it was 15 years ago or 30 years ago. Today, people are like, yeah, yeah, okay, pastor, whatever. It's hard. There are so many other messages, right, that that God's word is, is, is struggling against today. And there are pastors today that are leaving the pulpit by the thousands every year. Like, am I making a difference? Is, is what God's word saying to us? Do, do people really matter? Is there life change that is really taking place? Or everybody's playing the role, playing the part, smiling, nodding when you knew, and you're just leaving here the same way, you're just doing the same stuff. And so the thought was, if you're going to do it, then I'll just show you how to do it then. So if you want to wreck your life, then, then let me help you today. And then here's how you can wreck your life. Let me give you a couple of things today. Number one, don't admit you have a problem no matter what. You're struggling with this addiction, whatever it is, this, this challenge that, that you're not allowing God to heal, for God to fill, then let me just help you today. Then don't admit you have a problem no matter what. Even though the Bible says to us in multiple areas, Jeremiah 3 says, acknowledge your guilt. Let me help you today. Don't do that. I mean, if you want to wreck your life, then avoid what God's word has to say. Instead, you can tell yourself, you know what, I can quit at any time. I'm, I'm in control. Even though you've never been able to quit before, just continue to make yourself think. Don't ever believe that those who care for you most can be objective about your life and that they know. I mean, if 20 people who love you tell you that you have a problem, you just tell yourself what? <laughs> That's all them. I don't have a problem. They don't know what they're talking about. See, you're going to wake up one day and recognize how wrecked you are. Number two, I would encourage you to gratify your fleshly desires then. Whatever your body wants, then give it. Give in every time. Although Galatians chapter 5 says this, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your sinful life, of your fleshly nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want to do. You see, you want to wreck your life? Then just go ahead, give in. Just let at it. 
You see, the Bible says is that there is a power of the living God that dwells within us. This power to redeem us, to save us, to challenge us, not to make us like the world, but to know that we are being transformed, hello, by the renewing of our mind, right? That we are trading in. We are like aliens in this life. That we, this is our, this is our dwelling place, but this is not our home, we are being renewed and challenged moment by moment, decision by decision, day by day. For those of us that call ourselves believers, we have been spiritually born again, which allows the Spirit of God now to communicate so powerfully within us, to lead us to be Spirit-filled, to be Spirit-led, to be Spirit-directed in everything that we do. But the Bible tells us in Galatians, when we do that, there is going to be a war. The Bible says that our spirit, this renewed decision to put God first, to make him the God, to make him the king of our life, it's not going to go easy with this sinful, fleshly nature that we have allowed to run rampant inside of us for so long. And so as God is going to lead us in some way, your body is going to say, no, 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 I don't want this. There's going to be a war. Some of you you're experiencing it right now in, in so many of these areas, whatever it is. This battle that you know, that you can control it, that, that, you're, that, that everybody else is wrong and, and you're right. So what I would suggest you do is that you train your mind, train your body then, that whatever it wants, it gets. Just be like a spoiled child. I just tell you, stop playing the middle, Right? Stop coming to church and like putting on the act and just going on and living the way God has not called us to live and then come in and smile and go through the motions. Like for at least that sake, like choose a side. If your body wants to look at something, then look at it. If it wants to smoke something, smoke it. If it wants to buy something, buy it. If it wants to eat something, eat it. Whatever your body wants, then, then go. If, if you want to know, how am I going to wreck my life? And there's another way. Make sure you rationalize your behavior and make lots of excuses. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus told a story that a great king sent out an invitation for everybody to come to his banquet. You see, this wasn't average. This wasn't ordinary. This, and maybe in most cases, would never happen. But, but this king wanted to invite everybody to the table. Some of you have probably been invited to some really nice things in your lifetime. I've been invited to a lot of really cool dinners I've never been invited by a president, right, by a king of a nation. I would think if, if I got an invitation like that, that would probably be at the top of the list. You see, this king sent out an invitation to everybody to step you from the kingdom in which you are in and step up into this kingdom that that you would never have access to. This invitation was legit, that I get to dine with the king, an opportunity that I would have never had the opportunity to do, and yet somehow I got the invitation. 
But as people started to receive the invitation, they started to make excuses as to why they could not accept the king's invitation. It might sound foolish to you, but I want you to keep it in context. It's what we do all the time. You see, these people that, that in the common day of life would have had no access, no chance, no opportunity, but because of the graciousness of this king, he opened up the door so that whosoever will may come. And yet Lee lived with an attitude that says, but I got things that are more important than that. I got a whole life. I got things that I want to do, places that I want to go, things that I want to become. It says, man, I, I just bought a field. Man, it's, a, it's a great offer, oh great king. It's a, man, it's a powerful offer, but I just bought a field and I'd like to go see what I purchased. Another said, I, I just bought some animals, oxen, and I'm on my way to make sure that like they would, I, man, I know this is like the greatest opportunity in the world. I mean, this is so rare that this would happen, but unfortunately, I'm going to have to decline. Another said, I just got married. I, I've got some plans and I've got some things that, that, uh, that I've been working on that unfortunately are just a little more important than the offer that you have given me. So if you would, please excuse me. You see, do we ever fail to realize that God is wanting you and I to step up from where we are into a place that we would never have access to through an invitation by him sending his son Christ who promises not only to be our redeemer, but our savior, our healer, one who provided that he could make you whole, that he could accept you, that our approval needs to be in nothing else but in him, in him alone, that although we were lost and we were cast out, that he invited and he opened the door, and he said, all whoever will, please come. My life was a mess. I was in trouble. I was a drug addict. I was in jail, but yet somehow the grace of God reached down and put me out of the old miry clay, and he allowed me a place at the table, and that invitation has my name on and I am saved. I am glorified. I have been healed by the power and the invitation of the King of kings and Lord of lords. You see, those are the opportunities for every one of us. And how unfortunate, whether you sit in this room or for those outside, that we make excuse after excuse after excuse of rather than stepping in to the grace and the wonder of God, that we put them at arm's length to say, God, I know those are some good things, but I've got my own plans right now. You see, we look at that pile of wood and say, boy, I can do a lot of good things with that, but boy, there are some things that are all about me right now. You see, you can rationalize your behavior, make lots of excuses, be as creative as you want today. Say that you're the victim. It's the way you were raised. It's, it's everybody else's fault. Well, I, I, I'm bad, but I'm not as bad as those. Look, look, at, look at who those people are. You can continue the excuse, I deserve this. It's my time. I can quit, don't worry. I'm in control. So whatever you do, rationalize it. Continue to make excuses, and I guarantee you, you're going to wreck your life. Let me give you just a couple of more. My words to you is that always keep your addiction a secret. 
Proverbs 28 says that he who conceals his sin will never prosper. I mean, (laughs) who doesn't want to prosper, right? That's crazy. But whoever confesses and renounces his sin will find mercy. Can somebody say thank the Lord today? Do you know why sin mushrooms in your life? What oftentimes starts out like this little seed, this little thing that you want to cradle, you want to protect, you want to think it's no big deal, but, but I find time and time and time again in so many lives that, that we deal with that within a matter of months, years, whatever, this little thing now has mushroomed into such an overpowering thing in their life, in their home, or their family, their marriage. Do you know why sin mushrooms in your life? Because sin grows best in dark places. So you want to wreck your life? Then go ahead, keep it a secret. Or should I say, try and keep it a secret. Don't let other believers know about it. Those who would encourage you in the Lord, those who would pray for you, those who would fast, those who would come to your house in the middle of night to say, no matter what it is, I'm there for you. Man, forget that. How dumb would that be, right? You got this. Just keep it buried. Keep it hidden. Last thing that I would tell you is that just depend on your own power and forget God's power. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says, For though we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. I want you to stick with me for these last couple of moments. The weapons that we fight with, they are not the weapons of this world. What is Paul saying? This is a spiritual battle. These are things that aren't seen. These are the unseen that have the power to wreck your life. To keep you captive day, month, year after year. All the time believing you could quit at any time. Which is the biggest deception that the enemy brings to a believer. On the contrary, he says, our weapons, where this battle rages is our weapons as believers are what? Prayer, fasting, the word of God, the shield of faith, praying in the spirits. On the contrary, these weapons have what? Divine power to do what? To demolish strongholds. And I want to convince you today, this little thing that you're holding on to, this little God that you're building that you have convinced yourself is just a little thing that you're in control of. I want you to hear me today. Nothing could be further from the truth. It is a stronghold of the enemy that has only one intent, and that is to destroy you, to kill, to steal, and destroy the legacy that God has a victory over your life and over your home. I want to give you some help. I want you to see these last couple of verses. It says the power of God, this spiritual power, this divine power is the word dunamis, where we get our word dynamite, this explosive power of God. You see, the prayer of the faithful, 
You see, the power of God's word, it cuts, it divides, it goes into the marrow of our soul. These are not small, insignificant weapons. These are powerful weapons to break bondage, to release people from prison. Listen, when we come into the house of God, God forbid that we are casual and not dressed for warfare, to believe that today, this day, that addictions can fall in the name of Jesus today. Our weapons are powerful are explosive it says to demolish strongholds now I know that the first sight of that the first read of that the first interpretation we read that stronghold as if it's uh, we would think like you know a, a castle wall that's 10 feet thick and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that but it's not as accurate as what Paul was saying Paul said that the Spirit of God has divine power to demolish strongholds. What he meant by that are strongholds is that when a prisoner is locked by way of deception. Wow. It has the power. Why? Because these addictions have people deceived. The Bible tells us that he is a liar. He speaks his native language. When he talks, he lies. And so it is the power of God, the explosiveness that has to rip this out from our core. We have been deceived. You are being deceived today. It's okay, pastor. I'm in control. It doesn't have me. I have it. You are being deceived. A little money here, a little entertainment there, a little dabbling with sin, a little secrecy. I'll still be okay. You are being held by deception. You've probably seen the illustration of times where we've taken an animal, a dog most times, right? And you could keep him chained for so long till he burns a ring in the yard day after day, month after month, whatever animal that he runs after, knowing that at some point along the line that his neck is going to be ripped backwards. The power of that chain is going to keep him locked in. And that we know now intellectually enough that someday we can take the chain off of that dog and that dog will never leave the confines of that ring. Why? Because he's been conditioned to believe that he he is chained and he always will be chained only to realize that there is a master that can break the chain of sin and addiction and set his people free and that is why our mind needs to be renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit Today we come to the altar. Today we come to a God who says, I have power. I have dunamis power to deliver you, to set you free, to change your path, your direction, to know that there is freedom in me. The weapons of God, they are explosive. They are miraculous to tear down the false beliefs that hold us in bondage. And he says, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Who am I? I am his and he am I, and I am his. Adriel, maybe you can start to help me today. You see, whenever the voice says, don't admit that you have a problem. No, I'm here to tell you today. Today, instead, we admit I am weak. I am vulnerable. But when I am weak, Christ's strength is made perfect in my weakness. Somebody shout amen with me today. You see, I recognize today if I am going to be set free, if I am going to be changed, 
If I'm going to know that I can leave this place differently than I can, then I am going to grab the lie and I am going to replace it with the truth of the power of God's word and put it alive inside of me. I'm not going to dabble in myths, truths. I'm not going to try to see how close I can get and hopefully one day still make it. I am going to run from evil and I am going to embrace the truth. I am going to run to the cross and everything else is going to be a memory behind us. Whenever our body says, gratify me, gratify this flesh, I will say no, for I have been crucified with Christ, whereas I no longer live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And by his power, it's surging his resurrection blood through my life to where I know that I am his today and redeemed. Whenever the excuse monster comes and says, well, that's just the way you are. You'll never overcome it. You'll never beat it. You'll never change. No, I reply, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength today. Keep it a secret. Don't tell anybody. No. Whoever confesses their sin and renounces, the Bible says, finds mercy today. You see, if we struggle in any one of these areas, and there are a plethora more, then let me give you this in closing this morning. It's what some have called the David affirmation. You see, David showed up that day in the valley to where everybody was afraid to go down to face Goliath. And David looked up at this giant, and everybody said, he's too big to beat But when David looked up, he said, no, I think he's too big to miss. Hello? Everybody else saw a perspective that he's too big to beat. But there was one that says, who are you that you defile the power of the living God that promised to make me his child? Listen, you're an enemy. You're just too big to miss today. And with some rocks in our sling today, It's time that we put that enemy to flight who is robbing you of the joy of the Lord, who is robbing you of the power of victory, who is canceling out your legacy and your hope of your family. That's been a challenge in your marriage today because you just can't do enough to get through today. Today is an opportunity to load your sling with some stones and look the enemy in the eye and say today by the power of God, this thing is too big to miss. I'm going after you and God is going to help me let these idols come crashing down in my life. Would you stand with me all over this place today? Can I tell you this morning, today in this house, there can only be one winner today. There is going to be a winner and there is going to be a loser today, but there can only be one master. There can only be one master today. So I don't know who you're looking towards today. I don't know if you see only a giant Or you see the power of God over some of these things that have been a struggle in your life.